grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus' sermon, he says, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Dear friends of Christ, Valentine's Day was Friday, and how did you show your Valentine that you love them? Uh, did you do it with uh, some flowers or maybe a box of candy? Uh, did you take them out to eat? Um, what did you do? You know, it's easy for us to tell people um, and show them love when we love them. That's easy. Well, as, as your Valentine, how do you show God that you love Him? You say you love God. You say you follow God. He's your Savior. So how do you love God who has everything? You give Him your life. And Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. There's nothing left. Give God everything. And last week we talked about how we can show Him our love uh, by being salt and light to the world, because we are. He has made us salt and light. He's forgiven us all our sins so that we can shine and we can be salty and we can be different in the world around us. And so we say no. We say no to sin. This, this morning, Jesus gives us the Ten Commandments. And sometimes, well, hello there. And sometimes, you know, He says, he says no. And sometimes, you know, uh, God wants us to say yes to things. But in the end, just say no to some of these commandments. Um, and again, our, our text today... Well, it's, it's, it's the law. So we've got the law of God, and the law of God tells us, of course, what to do, what not to do. And so people are always telling me, Pastor, you preach too much law. Too much law. You need to calm down and preach the gospel a little bit. Well, I just want to remind you this morning, as you get a sermon of law, this was Jesus' sermon, right? This is the sermon he preached. So, um, you know, take it up with Jesus. Our, our theme today is love God, just say no. Love God, just say no. In the early 1980s, Nancy Reagan started a, a drug campaign. She was in a classroom in Oakland, uh, California, and one of the students raised her hand and said, well, how can we not take drugs? And she said, just say no. And those three words then became a whole campaign, uh, a page taken right out of Jesus' sermon, just say no. No. And as we learned last week, we're the salt, we're the light of the world. Jesus shines through us. If we're not shining, the world doesn't see the light. If we're not salty, the world can't be flavored. The world can't be seasoned with grace. We are the message in human flesh, and you represent that. And so, uh, you know, we shine, we're salt by keeping the commandments, by being obedient to His will, keeping his statutes, following in his ways. And so we shine, first of all, by saying no to anger. That's what our text says. Jesus said, anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the hell of fire. Well, it's easy to see how murder is sin, and we can all say, well, yeah, I'm not a murderer, so I certainly don't deserve to go to hell, but how many of us have been angry? 
right? Now, anger is something that we've all experienced, and it gets closer to the heart. And Jesus says murder begins with that attitude of the heart, where we lose control of our, of our emotions. And according to God's perfect standards, now again, these are God's standards. They may not be yours, but it doesn't matter what your standards are. What are God's standards? And He demands, He commands that we be perfect in every way, but we have these angry words, these vicious thoughts. Think about a, a, your brother, your sister, or maybe a husband or wife, somebody at work, a relative, uh, those words that you've spoken. And those words were intended to hurt. And maybe that relative, that brother, sister, mother, uh, you know, husband, wife has, has spoken to you, and their words have hurt you. Have you intentionally ever hurt someone? Have you ever done that, spoken harshly? Have you ever had angry words with somebody, somebody you even love, even your beloved Valentine? Well, if anger is not controlled, the Bible says it takes control of our lives. It dictates who we are. Anger dictates how we think. Anger dictates how we function. It dictates who we become. And anger then gives birth to a multitude of other sins. And Jesus tells us how to deal with the problem of anger. Therefore, if you are offering, if you're offering your gift there in front of the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and first go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. You know, today you came here to worship. Today you came here to sit in the pew, to sing your hymns, to pray your prayers to God, to thank Him for all the blessings that you have, for the forgiveness of sins and the life and salvation that you have. Now let me, let me get personal and ask you a personal question. As you do that, as you come here with your worship and your gifts, is anger smoldering in your heart? Does your heart har harbor any type of resentment for somebody? Is your anger aimed at a relative or a friend or a co-worker or a spouse? And do you have evil thoughts about them? Maybe it's somebody you haven't spoken to in, in, in many, many years. Well, then listen. This is what Jesus had to, has to say about your anger. He says, don't let it control you. Don't let that anger turn you to be something that you don't want to be because that anger will destroy your soul. Instead of anger, put forgiveness into practice. Instead of anger, practice forgiveness. Forgiveness is the opposite of anger. Last uh, yesterday, Pastor Jonathan Connor came and did a marriage seminar. It was wonderful. Uh, for those who were there, we appreciate your attendance. But he talked about author and writer Marianne Williamson, who wisely wrote, and, and again, Pastor Connor said, listen to these words, they're profound. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. I mean, that's powerful. Think about that. Unforgiveness is 
like drinking the poison yourself and then waiting for the other person to die. Anger does that. It hurts you, it hurts the people that you're angry with, and it hurts God who watches the whole thing and grieves. You know, the story is told about a farmer who had a huge rock in the field and, and he was breaking his equipment on that rock, so he decides to move, remove it. He digs around it, but the rock is just too large, it's too huge. His, his big equipment can't budge it. And, but, the, but the farmer's not a dumb farmer. He's well experienced and he waits to the middle of the winter. And in the middle of the winter, on one of the coldest days of the winter, he takes a huge wood debris of a pile of wood and he sets it on that rock and then he sets it on fire. And the fire reacted with that cold rock and the intense heat split the rock into pieces. And then he was able to remove it all. Well, that's what love can do. Love can shatter anger. Now think, if human love can overcome anger, what can the love of God do to shatter the sin of anger in our hearts? And think of how Jesus, He never had an angry moment in His life. On the cross, he even prayed for his enemies. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. His blood has poured down from the cross to cover all our moments of anger. All the moments when our emotions got out of control. And I want you to believe with all your heart in his blood. I want you to believe with all your heart that that blood has the power to forgive your sin that love that He has for you. And it's incredible how His love buries all of the sins and shatters them with His blood and destroys that sin with His, with his power, with His love. So yes, Jesus loves you. However, though Jesus says yes to us through the blood of His Son, He still says no to our sin. And Jesus teaches us to say no to the lust of our hearts. So we say, okay, if I'm salt and I'm light and I want to please the Lord, what can I, Lord, what can I do to give you this Valentine's Day? How can I show you that I love you? And Jesus says, watch, your, watch what you think. Say no to lust. And Jesus says, if anyone looks at a woman lustfully, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You remember King David and all that happened there, and there's kind of a lesson on what lust can do. He watched this woman bathing, and her name was Bathsheba, and he longed for him. He, he longed for her. He desired her, called her to his chambers, and had uh, committed adultery with her. And then you read the rest of the story. Adultery hurts people. Adultery hurts you. It hurts the person you're committing adultery with it. It hurts those around you. It hurts God. That's why it's wrong. And that's why Jesus says, if you love me, just say no to such things. Jesus gets awfully demonstrative about all that. He said instead of, uh, you know, looking at pornography and delving into all that stuff that would make us want to do something that we might later regret, gouge out your eye and cut off your hand. 
Now, his point is made. We want to do everything we can to separate ourselves from that evil. Do everything in our power to remove ourselves from the situation so that we don't linger in it. If you're watching TV, change the channel. Young Paul told, or Paul told young Pastor Timothy, flee youthful lusts. When Martin Luther preached on this text, he said, it's impossible to keep the devil from shooting evil thoughts and lust into your heart. But see to it that you do not let those arrows stick there and take root. Pull them out and throw them away. And then Luther quoted St. Augustine, I cannot keep a bird from flying over my head, but I certainly can keep a bird from nesting there and biting off my nose. There is nothing wrong when a young person desires another. You know, many of you remember the first time you met your spouse. Nothing wrong with that. Or the first time that you realized that you, that you love them and that you wanted to spend the rest of your life, that that's the one you're going to marry. Jesus isn't condemning those kind of thoughts. No, he's condemning the evil desire to have sexual relationships with somebody outside the bond of marriage. And then our Lord transitions from lust, and he says, and, he, and then he, end, he goes into, into marriage and divorce. He says, just say no to divorce. Just say no. It's been said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness, causes her to become an adulteress, and anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. You know, divorce isn't new. It's been around since the beginning of time. Where, because we're sinners, we don't get along. We get to a point where we can't patch things up. One partner goes the other way. People leave their spouse for greener pastures or greater pleasures. Here's how Martin Luther describes the selfishness of divorce. When a spouse decides to look for something better, something more attractive, he writes, with the devil's promptings, a person sees only his wife's faults, losing sight of her good qualities. As a result, every other woman seems more beautiful than his own wife. Indeed, many a man with a truly beautiful and pious wife lets himself be hoodwinked into hating her and then taking up with some vile and ugly bag. <laughs> I love the way Luther puts things. I mean, he's, he's blunt. But Jesus is blunt too. He says, say no to divorce. In all these things, Jesus expects perfection. However, we are hardly perfect. And we have a congregation today that is, has all fallen. Me along with you. And we desperately, desperately need the one who is perfect. We desperately need Jesus to be our Savior. Because he never looked at a woman with lust in his eyes. He never had lie on his tongue. He was, he was tempted, but he never caved in. 
He's our purity. He's our Savior. He's our righteousness. His blood cleanses you from every sin. He makes you holy. And I want you to believe that. I want you to know what the power of Christ's blood does for those who are commandment breakers. The power of His forgiveness. And yes, God loves you through the blood of His Son. God says yes to you. God says yes to me. As the baptism waters flow freely, freely in the name of the Father, the Spirit, the Son, through Jesus. And Jesus says, if you love me for doing that, if you love me for saving your soul from hell, if you love me for taking away your sin by my sacrifice, if you love me, keep my commandments. So Jesus wants you, He wants me to say no to anger, to say no to lust, to say no to divorce, to say no to swearing. You know, some people watch their tongues very closely and other, other Christians don't watch their tongues at all. And yet we both are Christians. This ought not be, Jesus says. And yet we're all evil, sinful and unclean. And what comes out of our mouths is important. What comes out of our mouth matters. And Jesus doesn't want bad words to pass from our lips. And Jesus doesn't want hurtful words to flow from our mouth. And Jesus doesn't want lies to flow from our tongues. Jesus says, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Jesus, God, desires honesty. Just as Micah the prophet said, what does the Lord require of you but that you do justice, be just, fair, and to love kindness, be kind, merciful, and to walk humbly with your God. Listen, it all boils down to this. We are God's forgiven people. That's who we are. Sinners blessed by the blood. We are salt and we are light. Why? Because sinners have been cleansed, made holy by the righteousness of our Savior. And it's a good thing, too, that Jesus covers you with His blood, your sins, no matter how many. He's your Savior. And He says, if you love me, just say no. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.